Lieutenant Joe Pangaro. I've been a cop for 27 years. I like to say I got a backstage pass to life. Well, guess what? I got some tickets for you. So come on in, pull up a chair, turn up that volume, and let's go. Chasing Justice is on. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Chasing Justice. I'm your host, Lieutenant Joe Pangaro, and this week we have the fellas in the neighborhood back. Uh, It was a great episode we had last week. We had a lot of fun. So I I brought everybody back, and hopefully we're going to do this uh, at least one show a week because we know that people like the fellas in the neighborhood. You might like Lieutenant Joe, but I know you love these guys. So let me introduce everybody who's here. So first of all, we have a rock and roll race car, Jack Patterson. Jack, how are you today? Good, man. Always a pleasure to be here. That's fantastic. And then we have Bill, the man of faith, Dallas. How are you, Bill? I'm saying amen to everything you say. That's fantastic. And also, we cannot forget Jim the Contrarian Giordano. Welcome aboard, Jim. You have to use my last name. I don't want to be followed by the FBI or something. (laughs) Now, just so you guys know, this came up the other night that Jim and I were talking. He says, you know, uh, I don't mind. I like being on the show. I like talking about things. I I don't finish my sentences. But um, uh, saying my name, saying my name out there. Uh, maybe people will follow us. Maybe I, I had somebody come after me, right? Start reporting that I'm saying this. People, you know, you in your underwear in the basement. You, you think it's funny. I know who you are. Uh, but Jim asked me, please don't use my name. So I started thinking, could we use different names? I mean, I like the nicknames I gave everybody, but maybe, maybe we try and hide your identity a little bit. And how could we do that? So I thought about, who was it? Um, who's the politician? Mitt, Mitt Romney, right? He had a pseudonym out there. Who, who was he? What was his name? Delecto. Pierre oh, Delecto. He was Pierre Delecto, <laughs> right? Pierre Delecto, and it turns out that's who he really was. So I started thinking about it, and I said, well, Jim doesn't want to be referred to as uh, Jim the man, uh, the, the contrarian Giordano. How can I get around that? So I said, maybe I can call you a different name. And I thought about it. So what could I call you? How about um, Claude Delecto? We'll call him Claude Delecto instead, right? And that's good. And I said to myself, well, this is excellent because... Here we go. We have Claude Delecto, formerly known as Jim the Contrarian Giordano. But right? Corporal LeBeau. <laughs> it's Corporal LeBeau. That's right. And now you have to wear your tan. All right. So we got a tan for Jim here because he's wearing a tan. He is now uh, Claude Delecto. And then I, I started thinking about it more. I said, it's not really right that the rest of you fellows have to expose yourself to the world under your real names. So Jack Rock and Roll Racecar Patterson. Everybody knows you're Jack Patterson. So I try to think of your personas. So here, I came up with some different things for everybody. Here, I got uh, Jack Stiletto Delecto. <laughs> All right? Jack Stiletto Delecto, because Jack will get you. I mean, uh, don't, don't play a game. He'll get you if, uh, if, you're, if you're out of control. So Jack Stiletto Delecto, that's you. Now, of course, you have to look around and say, what is everyone's attributes? Now, Bill, you're the man of faith, and you bring so much to the table, and we trust so much in you. But, you know, you are the oldest member of the team. Right? And, and we understand that. So I came up with a good one for you. I think you are, uh, you know, Bill, formerly known as the Bill, the man of faith, is now geriatric Deletta. <laughs> <laughs> geriatric Deletta. <laughs> I thought right? you were going to say something like Noah. <laughs> no, no, no. And, uh, and for me, uh, since I'm the ringleader here, uh, formerly known as our host, Lieutenant Joe, I'm now James Bond Deletta. Oh, 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 how come no. you get the better one? <laughs> what makes that a better one? What's hey. better than geriatric Deletto? Uh, James Bond. James Bond. Oh, that's a good one. And, and Stiletto Delecto. Yes, the uh, the local mobster. So, Claude, you like your tan? Oh, yeah. It's very nice. Thank you. <laughs> you look just like LeBeau. 
All right, so now that we got that out of the way, um, so Claude, we have uh, we have this interesting American tradition that we all experience once a year. And I've been talking for weeks. I wanted to talk about sports and making sure that I got something in here about sports because sports are really, really very important to, to all of us. If, if you're not a player, if you're not involved, your kids aren't involved or whatever, maybe you were involved when you were younger and as you get older, you, you, now you enjoy watching or whatever. I enjoy watching sports and I've always loved football. And we had a, a rough time with the NFL for a while, didn't we? With all the kneeling and, and there was concern about the protests and how many people bailed out on the NFL and stopped watching and stepped away and advertisers probably backed out and they lost a lot of money and we noticed that maybe whatever that moment was that people were trying to make a statement, maybe they made the statement and we now all of us can move on and I think the NFL is back now. It's, uh, it's, it's become what it was before all of that. So I'm not going to get into the, the, the whole idea of whether it was a good idea, not a good idea, if it was a genuine message or not a genuine message. It was a message that people that were there made that message and they were concerned enough to, you know, do that. So when I look at this, I'm saying we have this big American holiday that all of us pretty much experience one way or another. Anybody here uh, have any sports related things in their life? Bill, did you do you play sports? Oh, yeah. Well, I'm sorry. Mostly basketball. OK, basketball. I even played in the Navy. You did? Yeah. How'd you do that on the water? <laughs> well, we, I was on an aircraft carrier, so there was a uh, rather large hangar bay that we had. And you had basketball in there? We had basketball. As a matter of fact, uh, I was a member of the, the uh, Sixth Fleet uh, basketball. That's pretty good. And, and um, <laughs> that was the only time I ever got injured. had my front teeth knocked out by a, someone from Spain. We, from Spain? Our team used to play wherever we docked, wherever we pulled into port uh, in France, in, in um, uh, Spain, in, in different places. Okay. And we played the people from... That's, that sounds very interesting, actually. It I was a lot of fun. And you're a tall guy, so you, and you're an athletic guy. You do all kinds of stuff. Uh, Jack, how about you? Or uh, Stiletto? Well, you know, it's not considered <laughs> a sport by some at this table, but uh, I participate in motorcycle and, and automobile racing. Well, that, that is a sport, and I think I declared that uh, automobile racing is a sport uh, over the uh, uh, objections of Claude uh, Delecto. I think I, uh, I overcame that. How about you, Claude? What did you do? I played football for a little bit, Joe, um, but I was too small to carry it through. Then I wrestled, and I wrestled all four years in uh, high school. And you wore those singlets? I wore those singlets, yes, Joe. Okay, and I, I've seen pictures of those singlets. Now, you didn't have to wear them when you weren't wrestling, but you chose to wear them anyway. <laughs> so that must have been interesting for you. And uh, I, for me, I played football. I tried I tried basketball, Bill. I did. I, I, I tried it. I was at the CYO League, and I really didn't understand the concept. All I really understood about basketball is that you throw the basketball through the hoop, and I would run into people and knock people down, kind of like football on the basketball thing and they would get foul foul and i had no idea what a foul was i thought we we're supposed to play basketball and I, you got the ball i take it I, right? well it got so bad that i got fouled before the game even started and i was so upset i was i never played it again <laughs> but i like football um and i think all of us everyone has a connection somewhere or another to sports i've wanted to talk about one particular sporting guy who has uh, who's retired for the second time and that would be of course uh tom brady now, I've talked about Tom in the past and, and what I think he means to sports, not necessarily him as an individual,
but what he means for someone who has dedicated himself to something. doesn't matter what you dedicate yourself to. This guy has a regime that he sticks to. He exercises. He eats a certain way. He dedicates himself every single day to his craft. So it doesn't matter what your craft is. What I see in Tom Brady is an example of someone who has gone the full measure. And that full measure for him has worked out. They call him the GOAT, the greatest of all time. And as a Giants fan, he was our biggest nemesis because he was always uh, on New England and we were always fighting against New England for championships and this and that. Uh, I guess what, what helped get me over the, over the edge was when the, the Giants were against New England in two Super Bowls and we, we beat them both times. So that made it a little easier. The helmet catch, Joe. The helmet catch. <laughs> Enough already with the helmet catch. <laughs> Did you ever see that commercial? That's hysterical it with is. the two uh, Manning brothers. Tell me something. You know, they're playing a game, and he goes, some, some major thing in sports. And Eli's always going, the helmet catch. And you know, his brother's, enough already with the helmet catch. It's hysterical. But I think to that extent, would you agree, Jack, that you, you could look at a guy like Tom Brady and, and take that lesson from him? And, uh, you know, other than his storied life, the fact that he does dedicate himself to something like that. I look at dedication like that in, in sports as, uh, you know, it's it's a real chancy thing to do. It's a real brave thing to do because there's only so many positions that are, are there to be had. Um, hopefully, all the guys who try out for major league teams, no matter what they do, whether it's you know racing, basketball, football, whatever it happens to be, that there certainly is room for them and or they have a backup plan. Uh, this man seemed to be totally and completely dedicated to football, and it's uh, it's something to be admired. And, you know, I, gotta th I think he was drafted as a baseball player, too, as well as a pitcher. And that's what he was really going to do uh, in his career. And he ended up in football. So uh, he's obviously a talented human being, physically talented. Um, but I always liked that. J Jim, you were a sports guy. Do you see that in this Yeah, game? he's impressive. Uh, his dedication, uh, his commitment, which you don't see a lot, of, a lot in today's world with the athletes that we have. Um, um, you gotta just admire him. Um, nothing else to be said. I, I appreciate that, and I just wanted to mention it because I do see that because of that dedication to anything. You know, uh, I'm a writer. I, I like to write. You have to dedicate yourself to that, or you can't do it, no matter what it is you're doing. Bill, you agree or disagree? Absolutely. Um, I think Tom Brady uh, is committed to his, uh, whatever he does. He's a good role model, too. You don't see him getting in a lot of trouble. Uh, but he's just too good-looking to be a quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> well, you see, and this is, this is another funny thing I want to touch on, so I'm glad you brought that up. Here's a guy that we brought up uh, as the greatest of all times. Seven Super Bowl rings, ten appearances, whatever it is. And now that he's at this pinnacle, now people want to tear him down. They want to laugh at him because he got divorced. They want to make fun of him because he retired and came back. They, 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 we don't want to see any more Brady. This is, you're never going to see this in your life again, uh, someone who wins this many world champions championships in your life. You had mentioned uh, that he's called GOAT. Well, I, I think that title has been taken away from him after Beyonce announced that she is the GOAT because she's now the greatest of all time when it comes to the amount of Grammys that she's won. Well, I've, I've been to mountainous areas and I've looked around and there are multiple GOATs. Uh, so I would say she can be the GOAT of Grammys, he's the GOAT of football. Well, Jim is the GOAT of, uh, of, of singlets. I've seen him in a singlet. He wore one here last week unannounced, knocked on the door in his singlet. And he's it was, also it was the alien. Uh, well, 
That's that brings. Me. See, I like the way all you guys transition these things. You know, we had the balloons, the uh, Chinese spy balloon, right? That's uh, that's in the news, uh, and then we shot that down a little too late after it went across the entire country. Uh, but then we had another incident over Alaska where they shot it down, and they they still haven't told us what it was. They've said it is a cylindrical metal object, and they shot it down. It wasn't a balloon, but it was something else. And then a third one pops up over Canada, and the Canadian government, Trudeau, uh, and President Biden got together and decided, uh, okay, NORAD's involved, uh, NORAD protects the, the North America, go shoot it down. And another F-22 Raptor ran up there and took that down. What do you think this could, is it possible that this is not just a spy vehicle from China, but is it possible this is a really a UFO? Because they're not giving us any info. I just read before coming over here, that China has officially declared they have seen a UFO. Really? It, it was it was on the news. Okay, we'll have to look that up. Very interesting. A UFO. I find it hard to believe that a balloon that's four sizes of five football fields. It takes us to get it, it. It has to get into Montana before we find it. Yet NORAD can find a little car-shaped cylinder <laughs> over Anchorage. Not even it's within the Arctic Circle, um, and they're making a big deal over it. And something is not right about this whole picture. I don't think it's a UFO, by the way. Right. Okay. I, I really think it's um, deflection. It's government deflection of the population making the whole balloon incident seem trivial. And I think Mr. Biden is trying to make himself look good by saying, I shot that down. So uh, let, let's promote you now, uh, Jack Stiletto Delecto. Let's, uh, let's promote you now to president. And one of your aides comes to you, say, uh, I don't know, Claude Delecto. He comes to you in your, in your office and says, uh, Mr. President, there is a large Chinese spy balloon, and it's over Montana. What should we do? What do you do? I absolutely would shoot it, shoot it down immediately. Uh, I would have forces on the ground, make sure we collect it and all of it, and, make, and find out what it is exactly. What it, did it entail? What was it collecting? How was it collecting information? They said the first one that we shot down was collecting information. I wouldn't like to know how, what, why, and where, uh, and find out its, you know, its origin. Where did it come from? What country is responsible? Uh, and start diplomatic negotiations to find out why we're doing such things that could quite easily be done by satellite, as far as I know. Well, I think what I've heard about it is that the satellites are excellent. They can see a license plate on the ground, but they don't do video, and they can't see topography uh, very well. Like you can see we have places where we have airplanes hidden uh, under, uh, I guess they dig a hole in the ground, uh, make it into a hangar. Bunkers. Bunkers, that but, kind of thing. But in the same respect, they can find the answers to that in Google Earth, right on the Internet. Well, I think some things are restricted off of that. You can't go, like, you can't look at Groom Lake. You can't go there and take close-ups. You can Correct. see a picture of Correct. some of the buildings. Correct, uh, Yeah. Yeah, and you can't they look at it. They blurry it. They make yeah. it blurry. It's for a reason. So I find all of this uh, interesting. Thank you, Mr. President Stiletto. Uh, there's one other interesting point about this balloon, as we get off the subject. They've been finding a lot of the material that it was made of was made by Western companies mm -hmm. because when they shot it down, at least 
the internet source that I read, and you know, I read some wacky do things, said they had English on it. You know, they had uh, French on it. So it seems to me uh, that we are supplying, if it was a Chinese balloon, which is probably a Chinese balloon, we are supplying, or our companies and are supplying the parts to the Chinese mm -hmm. to make this balloon. Right. Well, I would think that's probably part of the worldwide market of goods that we have now, where everybody mm -hmm. buys from everybody else and we buy, sell you know, uh, chips and, and, and equipment. But you still, uh, you have to wonder, why would a country uh, like China be using balloons in this day and age and not be using satellites to spy on the nation, not be using their own citizenry that's here right now to spy on these installations that they want to get a look at. Mm -hmm. Other than the fact that they can get an aerial view of the center of the base, whereas people on the ground can only get a look around it. You're still right. thinking in terms of military. Yes. I think that there's an ulterior motive. Maybe they're me measuring EMF. Maybe they're listening. Maybe they're taking off phone calls. Well, they, they said that the communication system that they had on the balloon was capable of an, uh, packing it in such a way that they could send information back to China, which before they didn't think it, that they could, but now they can. Yeah, I would think and that the other thing that, that is totally amazing to me is why aren't they questioning the fact that it stopped at every major base throughout our whole country, including right. the only bomber base that we have. Right. So obviously they could control it. There, There is some but, way of controlling it. Yeah. Well, it was maneuverable, maneuverable. Mm -hmm. but they said that <clears throat> it was uh, purposely going to these different That's places. That's what I mean. They were maneuvering. And how did they know where those places were? Right. Well, that I think that you can figure, you can probably find that out. That's probably un all on the internet. But it, it's just the whole idea that this president. Is he capable of fighting back? And I think that's one of the things that I'm looking at. Is he so compromised by China because he's received so much money and his family's received so much money that he really, it's, it's restricting him from doing what he should do. Have you still heard one bad word about China? Every time he's asked, he says, no, no, they're not our enemy. No, no, uh, this, this isn't going to hurt our relationship. Everything's good. The Chinese are, it's, that's no big deal. It's not a big incursion. It's only a minor incursion. Well. Does anybody wonder why a president of the United States would say that about another major nation who has said they want to take over uh, the economic engine of the world by 2050? They want to displace America. They're doing everything they can to steal our uh, technology and everything else. And not not one bad word would he say. Or he says a lot of bad words about Russia, but not a lot about China. Jim, say you. Um, no, I, I agree totally. I think um, the other alternative would be that He's so feckless when it comes to, it's all about politics. Mm -hmm. And it's not that he's afraid of China, which I don't think is probable, but I think um, definitely he's feckless. And anything that just ruins his image, he will play down. And he doesn't care what the comp uh, compromises or the, uh, the complications to our national security. He's... Um, He's not a president. How many times has he walked off the stage when the second someone says anything about the balloons or, or China, and he said, that's enough, enough questions, and turns around and walks away? 
Either that or turns around and walks the shaking invisible guy's hand. I, I don't understand how it's allowed for the President of the United States of America, who, after all, is a public servant. He may be our highest public servant, but he is a public servant. And when the public has questions that they want answers to, for the president to turn his back and walk off stage is an insult to every single human being in this country. And I don't know how or why it's allowed. I don't know why there isn't a bigger outcry to it. As far as uh, what is happening in the world right now, uh, everything that we've been speaking about, you know, uh, let's just say if, if Claude is correct, and there is a higher being looking in on this planet. It, we must look like a joke, a bunch of ants fighting over another anthill. We're all on the same earth, and I don't know why we can't just find a way to get along. Well, the boys in the neighborhood want answers. Well, I like that, and, and I've, I've felt for a long time that if you're a public official, you should not be allowed to duck questions. You, you should be able to say, okay, I, I'm not prepared to answer that question, but I'll be back in 24 hours with an answer. I don't like when these officials get subpoenaed. Circle back. But, but real circle back. You have to answer in 24 hours. I would make that a law if I could just wave a wand and make laws. As a public official, you must answer to questions uh, within 24 hours. You can't just forget about it and be asked again and move on. The other thing, you get subpoenaed to, con to, to Congress to testify when you have a, a committee. So we get uh, Christopher Ray from the FBI gets brought in to talk about the Russia gate thing and he comes in, he doesn't know anything. I don't know. I don't have that document. I don't have it in front of me. I, I have no idea what they, I don't know who is in charge of it. You're in charge of the agency. When you show up, you better have answers. You better bring that stuff with you. That's why they give you, you're subpoenaed 12 days from now. Get all that stuff together. And here's what we want to talk about. You better come in with a stack of stuff. If I could address everybody in the country at one moment and just ask them, if they were at a function, whether it's a cocktail party what, or what have you, and you were asking questions of someone and they turned their back on you and walked away, how would you feel about it? Well, ladies and gentlemen, the president of the United States of America is doing that to each and every one of us. Mm. They do, and they do that a lot. And, and that's, it is very frustrating because we deserve, you know, we, the people, is, you know, we, you, you said he's the highest government official. But, Jack, every one of us here are higher than that president. He's simply the guy in charge of the government. We, the people, deserve answers. Now, I'll tell you, obviously, I think what everybody's sitting at home and, and chasing, chasing Justice Landon here, we all realize because people have interests in different things besides just doing their job as a government official, the president has interests in other things. The congressmen, the senators, they all have interests in other things uh, yeah, my re-election. My re-election is the most important thing, so I will never say anything to hurt my re-election. Uh, you ask me a question. Is it true that you got two loads of topsoil dumped on your front lawn for a new lawn? Let me tell you about the price of soda in Oklahoma and why I'm for that. That They, they go on to something completely different. They never actually answer a question. And Jim, as you have said many times, is that the media, uh, they only pursue certain people in those conversations. If it was uh, a conservative or a Republican that didn't answer the question, no, no, I don't care about soda. I'm asking you about two loads of topsoil dumped in your front yard. Do you live in your house? Well, of course I live there. Did you notice the big dump truck dropped that stuff when you got in your car this morning? We filmed you leaving with the, with the dirt there. Why is that dirt there? They would never leave them alone. But a, a Democrat would say that, well, you know, and what are you doing to, to lower soda price? And that would be it. We, we don't have a legitimate media. We don't have a legitimate answers from our politicians, which brings us to this point. And this is something that uh, I was on um, 
viewpoint with the great Malcolm Out Loud the other day. And he asked a question about crime and why is crime so out of control and, and this, that, and the other thing. And the reality is because we don't live in the same country that we used to live in. The, you know, we joke, we joke to you, Bill, you know, geriatric delecto, because you're the oldest guy here. But my father-in-law, Ted, Ted's 90. He grew up in a different time, in a different era. I'm in my 60s. You know, I, I saw a different America. I saw a lot of these changes. And what's really disturbing is that when people talk about the pendulum, it goes back and forth. It goes back, and it does go back and forth, but it never goes back to where it started. You know, it goes one way really bad, and then it comes back a little, but never all the way back to where it was good. Does anybody here at this table believe we're going to go back to traditional America someday? That there'll be uh, red, white, and blue is important, and we love our country, and anybody see that happening? Let's, let's not discuss the horror of 9-11. Let's talk about something different, if I may, for a moment. And this is with all due respect to all Americans. On 9-12 and 9-13, this was the most wonderful country in the world to live in. Everybody was respectful of each other. Everybody had a goal and a purpose in mind. And everybody, regardless of race, creed, color, or religion, everyone was an American on 9-12. Everyone was for this country. Everyone in this country was America first, and we lost our way. Am I asking for a 9-11 every once in a while to keep us on that straight and narrow? No, but the lessons of the past should be remembered. Thank you, Jack. That was wonderful. Bill, you got something to say about that. I was going to do something very similar to what Jack just said. You know, when 9-11 happened, the churches were filled I mean, everybody was going to church. The, the, the church that I went to doubled. Uh, but it wasn't more than a year later <clears throat> that all that kind of like petered out. Yep. And, I, and I always asked uh, my pastor at the time, why do you think that is? Is this because they weren't true to their faith? They, they just were there and they were scared. That's the only reason people flock to churches when they're scared. Right. And, and that just proves one thing. Everybody knows that God has the answer. Well, I appreciate that. And, and I look at this and I'm taking your, your points of view. And, and I guess the question, will we ever go back to that traditional America? And, and Jack, you're right. After 9-11 on 9-12, no matter who you were, no matter your political beliefs, we were attacked. And... We were outraged. And when George Bush stood on top of that pile and he said, you know, all of these people who did this will hear from all of us very soon. The whole country was, yes, that's the right thing to do. You, you punched us all in the eye. Jim, do we ever get back to that point where we're all on the same team or are we so far separated now that some people would be happy today that now, that happened? No, Jack put up the 9-11 analogy. I was going to use, it's got to be a cataclysm. And I don't want a cataclysm, but that cataclysm can come in many forms. And that depression, which is we're faced with right now, potential depression. And there are many people who are listening to this who have not experienced the major recessions that we've experienced. Um, early 2000s, 2008. Um, but in this case, we were able to buy ourselves out of those recessions. We don't have any money left to do that. 
Well, I think there's uh, there's more room for thought on this and conversation on this particular topic because I have a lot of questions when it comes to this because it's my, my children and my grandchildren that are going to live through this now, this next coming of America. So listen, uh, we'll be back in one minute to uh, talk a little bit more and we're going to find out what the fellas did with their healthy cell. If they took it, if they're, I think Bill's brain is working definitely better and I know he's been taking it. We'll be back in a minute with more Chasing Justice. We know you love the versatility and portability of the Genesis Fogger, but sometimes you just want to set it and forget it. Well, we heard you. Introducing the UX4 HOCL Atomizer. This stationary unit quietly protects you and is perfect for smaller spaces. With over a quarter million units sold in Japan, it's now available in the United States. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud to see the UX4 in action and receive a 15% discount on either Falker with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you're ready for anything. Trouble concentrating or recalling information is frustrating, embarrassing, and kills productivity. Nutrition company Healthy Cell created Focus and Recall to boost your brain power. Unlike other supplements that don't work, Focus and Recall is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients to help you immediately sharpen focus, concentrate longer, and strengthen recall. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code out loud. All the America many of us grew up with and love is under a relentless and pernicious siege from those carrying the banners of socialism, communism, Marxism. AmericaOutloud.com is the antidote to these poison isms. Well, to be forewarned is to be forearmed, my fellow Americans. America Out Loud Talk Radio. The liberty and justice for all. All right, everybody, welcome back to Chasing Justice. I'm your host, Lieutenant Joe Pangaro, and I'm back here with the boys in the neighborhood. Uh, as they used to be known, Jim the Contrarian Giordano, he's, he's not that anymore. Now he's Claude Delecto. No, I object to that name. I take offense to it. I want to be Jimmy the Chin. Jimmy the Chin Delecto. Giordano. Delecto. Okay, <laughs> excellent. And we also have the geriatric Delecto. Uh, Bill, how do you feel about that name? I don't want to make it so bad. I'm, I'm too old to worry about it. Okay, see, so the name is appropriate. And Jack Stiletto Delecto. As long as we can remember that Stiletto was the name of a motorcycle that was produced out of Spain and not the shoes. Excellent. Stiletto motorcycles. Well, I could, I could see you with the pants. Yeah, let's not go there, Jim. <laughs> I'm not the guy in the basement in his underwear, as, Ju as Joe has uh, alluded to so many times. Yes, and, uh, and I like the James Bond thing because, you know, I did undercover. I did undercover. I, did I really did cop Yeah, but you I get a cool name. Well, I run the show, so therefore... <laughs> 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 I, get, I dealt with you with enough nonsense. All right, so we got some things that went on uh, recently. We were talking about some of the things about our president and things that he says, and why is he weak? Is he, is he uh, way beyond um, being just a geriatric individual? Is he somebody who has really does have uh, dementia? Is he really suffering from the? I, I, it appears to be, but let's let's talk about his State of the Union. I, I believe that he's totally and completely one hundred percent scripted. Uh, I don't think the man has an independent thought in his head. Uh, let's just look, let's not, uh, I don't want to delve into the State of the Union address because it was lies from beginning to end. What I'll delve into is this. 
everybody who's listening and everybody who cares to listen in the future. Four years ago, whether you're a Donald Trump fan or not, I personally am not a big Donald Trump fan. I am a conservative Republican. Four years ago, we had relative peace with the Soviet Union, former Soviet Union, with Russia, China. North Korea was quelled to the fact that there was no more rockets being fired. At peace, ah, it's a relative term. It's a little strong language to say we were at total peace with all of these nations. But we had no problems with them. Uh, and that's what we want. We want peace. We want prosperity. Uh, our economics still weren't in a really good place. But now we are absolutely financially devastated a couple years later. Russia is at war with the Ukraine and is also seeing us as an enemy two years later. China is now turning against us, spying on us, doing all these other things two years later. As North Korea is back to firing rockets and threatening nuclear devastation if we continue to perform military uh, uh, practices outside of South Korea. What is going on? What has changed? Two years ago, we elected a president. That's what's changed. Right. Okay. So the president we've elected. So what you're saying is that leadership at that position, that very important position of president at the leader, as you've said earlier, the government of the United States, that makes a difference. If, if Donald Trump, a lot of people liked him, a lot of people didn't, you can't argue with his policies. His policies had us in good economic place. We had uh, how many businesses were coming back to America. Our, our, our countries that we were friendly with all across Europe that were paying for their, their safety and security. He made them pay their fair share because who's going to go die if they get into another war if Ukraine breaks out a little further and now they attack Poland and there's another world war across Europe. Our boys and girls are going to go there and die yet again because if there's not peace in the world, if that's out of control, there'll be no peace here. We now have China who's going to joining up with the, you know, the Sino-Russian uh, connection that we never thought would be real is actually real. They're plotting. They're plotting 50 years from now, 100 years from now to, to ruin us. And half the people in this country want this country to fail. You start adding those factors together, and that's a danger. Jim, you got something to say here. Well, I got a few things to say. First of all, you hit the nail on the head. President Biden appears to me that he's not for America. He's plotting against America. Um, you know, you brought up Trump, and you, I want to bring this point up because we forget. Remember those factories that left? Mm. Trump actually negotiated and brought those factories back. We all forget about that. Um, and speaking about um, transparency and getting into wars, um, I don't know if you read, but there's been some chatter on the Internet that the whole pipeline that blew up in the, I, I forget which city, the one that was supplying oil. North, the, uh, the North, uh, North, what's it called? North, Nordstrom. Nordstrom. Nordstrom, thank you. Nordstrom Pipeline. The chatter is that Russia. the Americans did it. Yes, there's a reporter, and I can't remember his name. He wrote, he, he broke the, uh, the one of the, the big stories, uh, the, the papers back in the 60s. He broke a bunch of big stories about what happened uh, in Iran, Iraq, with our, with our soldiers. Very famous guy, lots of uh, Pulitzer Prizes. He did the story. He's a liberal. He's not a conservative. And he, they said this story that he laid out, uh, I think it's in Substack. You can go read it, the Substack website. He laid this out detail for detail 
absolutely, when the Americans, when we were doing a, some, some war gaming uh, in that area, they, they had frogmen down there, planted these bombs with timers on them, uh, and the Russians were told, you know, you're not going to go, you're not going to help them go into Ukraine, you're not going to go after Ukraine, and if you did, this would be a problem. They asked President Biden, how do you stop this Nord Stream pipeline? He says, it, it, it'll stop. We'll take it out. And he goes, how are you going to take it out? Don't worry about it. Uh, and then all of a sudden, they do go into Ukraine, and then the pipeline is destroyed. But you have the different perspective. I think that this was all Biden. He didn't care what happened to the Europeans, that they were going to spend uh, money that they couldn't afford to heat their homes. He didn't care. One, And these are our allies, our friends. He just wanted the oil gone. He wants us off oil at any cost, which is not how you exist in a real world. Now, that you don't think the European countries know this? You don't think the Germans know who blew up that pipeline if it was us? Um, yes, they do. And how, how come they haven't reacted? Because you want to know something? They're on the same page, most of these countries, as Biden is. They're not for the people. Right. They're, not, they're not for their people. So, and, and that, first of all, because everyone is, is, is moving towards this socialism, slow and steady, there it's government power. And to be dependent, though, on Russia for your heating, as this winter goes by, I mean, they, they should have been buying American uh, energy, but we stopped digging Trump energy. Want, isn't that what Trump wanted them to do? Yes. Warn them about? He told them. You, yeah. you know. Just real quick. Let's all remember, uh, I believe it was Tuesday or Wednesday, there was a small, small video clip on the news of President Biden driving his Corvette, mm -hmm. which I know for a fact uh, on a good day would get about eight miles to the gallon and put more pollution in the air in a two-hour drive than your car could do all year long. Well, you can buy that car and you can maybe work on the engine and it comes with its own documents. <laughs> so uh, I had to throw that out there. No, so, so when we talk about President Biden, I think he is weak, Jack. This goes back to your point. Because he is weak and whether he's, he's compromised and that's why he's not strong, whether he's just not mentally able he's purchased. to do it. He's been bought. Purchased and bought and he's not doing it. It's, it's, his number one job is the protection of the United States and the American people. And I don't want him to go screaming and hollering like a nut. But I do want him to stand up to our enemies so that they know. So would somebody here please promote me to president real quick? Promote me to president. President Joe. Uh, president the Joe. magic wand. So I take office. No, President Joe James Bond. I don't know. Uh, I, 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 I want to change my name back to <laughs> Lieutenant President Joe. Stiletto. President Lieutenant Joe Stiletto. So here I am, day one in office. And uh, everybody's in there. We have everything ready to go. And I would contact uh, I would contact all of our enemies, and I would put them on a big speakerphone, and we would all talk, and I would say, listen, the United States of America, we want peace and justice throughout the world. We don't want to fight anybody. We don't want to take your land. We don't want to take your, your, uh, your, your goods, your commodities, whatever you're digging up out of the ground. We don't want any of that. We want peace. But I will guarantee you this. If you attack our interests anywhere in the world, you do anything as a, as a subterfuge to hurt the United States of America, and you will regret it. Now, you can say, is that a threat? It's not a threat. That is a promise. You will stay in your own borders, and you will not do anything to cause the United States to jump in here because that's the last thing you want. I agree 100%, Joe, but going back to uh, what Jim was saying before, the problem with that, it, it's great. Uh, it, it brings us back to another point that a lot of people don't prefer to think of, which is isolationism. 
but we cannot have any form of isolationism in this country anymore because of the simple old statement from many, many years ago, no factory, no future. And that's the state of this country today. We cannot survive with goods and services without them being supplied outside of this country. And that's something we need to get back. And I think that was a Donald Trump thing to bring things home. So Jim, let's say, here, what do you think of this idea? Here's my second edict on day two, uh, President you Joe. You sound more like a dictator than a president right now, but go ahead. Well, but I'd be all doing it for liberty and justice. <laughs> It'd be all good things I would do it for. Uh, no, no nonsense. So I would say, okay, American companies, you come home and you get 10 years tax-free. Bring your stuff home, make your profits, employ people, and then uh, we will set up a, a, a good tax frame. Now, I'm not a tax lawyer. I'm not a tax legislator. But you could do these things very simply. You could say, come home employ people here, make your products here, the supply chain would be American supply chain, and we would be self-sustaining because our economy can sustain itself. The rest of the world needs us. It's a very simple solution that Trump came up with and he was trying to employ, but the corporate tax rate needs to be better in this country than it is overseas. Plain and simple. That's the first thing you well, get. Corp corporations don't pay any taxes, Jim. They all get to run free. They don't. They don't get oh, to no, do no. anything. Some corporations don't pay any taxes. Oh, I see. Okay. Um, you know the preferred corporations, and who who used the the word crony capitalism? It was Sarah Palin. Mm -hmm. You want to know something? As I've gotten older, that word is more true than I've. Then I conceived about the time. I even laughed a little bit at, at, at her using that word, but it's true. We have a government that picks and chooses who wins and loses. That's not what America's about, and it's not capitalism. I like that. That's very definitive. Bill, you have something to say? You're writing notes over there feverishly, or are you just jotting things? No, down? I'm just, it's just because I'm so old, I forget things. So if I don't write it down, I'll well, never. On get his to list talk over there, it says get hot dogs. Um, <laughs> so I, I don't know what he's talking about over there. All right, so let's uh, let, let's. What's our consensus? We'll do a quick roundtable. Um, is Biden going to run in 2024? I think I I don't think he's going to. I think he's he's blowing smoke up people's you know what, and I don't think it's going to happen, mainly because his. Uh, backers or whatever are kind of like starting to flee. You know, they don't want to be around him anymore. He's just making too many mistakes. He looks too much like a, a, a like a clown, like a geriatric uh, has guy or something. The, the, well, um, so many times, his wife Jill has tugged on his sleeve, saying, "Okay, come on, it's enough." But the one thing that really got me, Easter, I think it was. He's talking, and then somebody asked him a question that he wasn't supposed to answer, and that's when the Easter Bunny went in there and grabbed him by the arm and steered him away from the now reporters. Now, that's funny. A question he wasn't supposed to answer, and how many times does he say, oh, they told me not to talk about that? This is the President of the United States. Who tells you to talk about it? What about Trump? Get off the helicopter and have a 45-minute impromptu uh, uh, news conference. Ask, answer every question, give you his opinions. Where is that? Never heard a president in my entire life say, I'm not supposed to answer that. Right. Never. Jack, is Biden uh, the Democrat guy in 2024? You know, whether he runs or not, I don't think is the question in, in my mind. Uh, I believe the crippling effects of, uh, of the inflation, the spiraling inflation that we're suffering with right now in two years will be so devastating that his uh, he'll be persona non grata. Okay. There's Jim. nobody replace him. Hillary's not going to be able to run. Um, because when the Epstein 
um, list comes out of who the people who patronize Epstein Island, I'm pretty sure Mr. Clinton is going to be on that list. Well, they just said they're going to release that. Yes. Mm -hmm. And um, so that puts her out of the equation, although in some uh, in segments of the liberal population, that is a plus for them. Um, so who's left? Kamala uh, Harris, oh, oh, no. never going to happen, mainly because everybody's making fun of her already. And look at all we have to choose from. We have DeSantis, Tulsi Gabbard. Oh, what an impressive woman she, she is. is. Um, and we have Trump. Right. And we're going to get to that side of it in a minute. I just want to finish up here on Biden in that... Um, is he physically going to be able to run? That's two different questions. We have a very elderly man here who really is having problems. Now, is his ego, I want two terms, and then he takes that second term, and then maybe he has to step down after a year. But, hey, I was two terms elected. But and that might off. be the plan. But then it goes to Kamala, and nobody wants Kamala. So they might replace her on the ticket, which is a possibility. But I think uh, I'm going to say he's not going to be the guy. I think his his fervor for re-election for himself personally is going is all in the plan. It's going to drive it to to the next election, and what he's going to do is he's going to promote person X, whoever that may be, and say this is the person that's going to carry on my wishes, my legacy, and, and my legacy exactly. Thank you uh, uh, into the future, and uh, I, I believe a lot of the liberal leftist-minded people in this country unfortunately will follow i do too how about this name let me throw this out there because in all the polls instantaneous winner over everybody trump desantis no matter who you put up michelle obama she runs she's the next president of the united states oh god no uh, all the polls show she will run away run away she will win it <clears throat> That's, uh, don't even mention that because oh, no um but biden keep in mind it's not whether he wants to run is whether his handlers want him to run. Right. And what's what's going to work for them politically to, to control power? That's all it's about, controlling. He's, he's obviously a, a somewhat of a puppet in that he's just maintaining the power. Mm. But look at our midterm elections. Jack, you talk about the economy being bad and inflation being bad, and people are going to, in the history, historically, they would have thrown out every one of them people, and we would have had a, an overwhelming majority. This time, we're barely lucky that we got six extra seats. Mm -hmm. People don't, they're so caught up into their um, their thought pattern. I can't imagine the people I know that are left-wing liberal people that I talk to, that they would say, listen, this is really so bad, we have to, we have to go with a Republican. They would just not do it, just absolutely not. I'm going Democrat no matter what and drive well, us right to the ground. How many Democrats have already switched parties? I, there, were, there were at least two, maybe three, that yeah. I, you know, prominent ones. Yeah. I. I you know, one of the things that's really driving the the, the, the elections is uh, is the abortion. Yeah. Uh, those pro and those against, and I think that's really driving it. And they are going to vote for somebody who they wish to follow their personal wishes, regardless of what they may do to this country. Uh, I think by twenty, what will it be, twenty twenty eight? You're going to have a viable socialist candidate on the ticket. Mm -hmm. oh, yeah. And it's going to be a very, very sad day for this country. For the world. Because where America goes, so does the world. Well, we're, we're the, we're the stopgap to that. It's the only thing keeping the whole world from exactly. going that way. And well, let me ask you, why do you, why do you think that Biden uh, and, and his party 
are allowing all this migration of people from other countries and, and allowing all the fentanyl and, and uh, uh, kids being kidnapped. And, and I mean, there's just so much of all of that yes. that there's going to be uh, someone that's going to come in and say, I'm going to stop that. Whoever says I'm going to stop that. Trump did. It, whether it's Trump or, or whoever, that person is going to get the biggest boost. Jack? And within the next couple of weeks, uh, uh, next couple of shows, I should say, I'm going to bring in a gentleman who was born and raised in Colombia and has witnessed uh, the changes in South America himself, witnessed the, uh, the people pouring over the border into his country, and now his country, Colombia, has now just turned socialist. Uh, uh, he's going to speak to how hard it is to get his daughter out of that socialist country. He's going to speak to how much he loves this country and how much we need to respect, understand, and enjoy the freedoms that we have and the fact that every country that turns socialist, the people run away. And I'm going to bring him in because he's lived it and he's living it now trying to deal with a socialist nation to get his own flesh and blood out and into this great country. And I think he'll be a great guest to have in here and he'll be his voice is a voice of legitimacy. He's lived through it. He's living through it. Mm -hmm. But how do we convince these young people who say, well, yeah, that's far. That's not in America here. We're going to do it right. We're going to be fair. We're not going to make people starve. We're going to let people have every, everyone's going to the companies are going to pay. So everyone has food and housing and electric cars, not like they do down there. You know, People have to remember that absolute power can and will corrupt absolutely. We haven't changed that much fundamentally as human beings. Uh, when, the, when this power is put into place and, and they have the say-so over what happens to the American people and the American people no longer have control over their own destiny, you're going to see people manipulating your destiny in America because it will no longer be the America as promised. Yeah, I got to remember the great Rinaldus Magnus, as Uncle Rush used to say, he said, We're, we are one election away from losing our freedom. And that is absolutely true. I have uh, equally as great Margaret Thatcher. And what did she say? She said that socialism works until you run out of other people's money. <laughs> right. And for the last 10, 15 years, we're not running out of money because we're putting on a credit card. At some point, that credit card bill will be due, and then we'll be up the creek. Nowhere. Outstanding. Okay. Bell. Well, I think um, now that we solved all those world problems, there. Let's go now. I said we go to the other side. Does Donald Trump run successfully in 2024, or will he be challenged by DeSantis? And have people had enough? People even that love Trump have they had enough of the baggage? and we'll want to move on to something else. Jim, what do you think? I think no matter who the Republican candidate is, the media will formulate and generate baggage with a little bit of balance because Trump does have a mouth. Uh, and I think that DeSantis and maybe a Tulsa Gabbard or um, another candidate uh, would Lake. be able to carry themselves a little bit better. but. I'm still a supporter of Trump, but mm -hmm. I really need to think that the Republicans need to win this election 
Mm-hmm. We're done. Right. And that's really the purpose of my question is that because I talk to lots of people, you know, as you can imagine, as the uh, as the all star host here of Chasing Justice, I talk to lots of different people on both sides of the aisle. I have family and friends who are left and right. And I, and I talk and and the people who are big Trump supporters, you're starting to get that. I love Trump. I love Trump. But maybe we should go with somebody that people can vote for and not feel you know, that I'm demonized, I vote for Trump. Oh, my gosh. So, But I'll vote for DeSantis. He seems to be okay. Bill? Um, I, I, I like Trump for, the, for most of the reasons that has been mentioned. You know, he gets things done. He brings jobs back. He brings the factories back. He makes deals that are positive and good for our country. He just needs to tone down the arrogance, uh, the, the calling the people names and makes up all these names. It makes him look, if he didn't do that in the last election, I don't think he would have Some had. Some of those names are funny, though. <laughs> they are funny. Low energy yeah. jab. But still, <laughs> but still, you gotta, you, you gotta act like a, a, a president, yeah. you know? You can't just do this kind of kid stuff anymore. Now it's too serious. See, even I, that, I've that, said that so, conversation is exactly what people are having, Bill. I know, and and I've said this, I don't know how many times that, that our country has lost its moral compass, and I think that the only way we're going to get it back is we stop acting like a bunch of fools and start being serious about our country. I don't think we're, we're the young people. They've been indoctrinated through uh, colleges and high schools and, and, and sports. And <clears throat> why? Money. If the money is out there. I mean, you look at everything that tells them how they should be is movies, TV, exactly. radio programs, everything. Tell these young people that uh, the world is not fair. The world is, is, is horrifying. The people who created this country are evil, evil people. And you can make it better by getting rid of everything and starting over again. Yeah, and uh, they don't know half of the stuff that they're even talking about. They, well, that's the problem. Jack, Trump, yay or nay? Where's he going to be? Okay, Joe, here comes the doom and gloom. Trump is no longer electable in my in my mind in my world. I see 2024 as a as a bleeding ground for the Republican Party. I'm a DeSantis guy, but unfortunately, uh, if he wins the nomination over Donald Trump, it's good and it's bad. The reason why? Because he will be seen as the next Trump. He will be thrust upon him everything that Trump has ever done, and he it will be common knowledge to those who don't want to listen to the truth, which is seems to be 90% of the country, uh, that he will be the next Trump and he will drag us down into the depths of despair, even though he's done nothing but good in Florida and is perfectly capable of defending himself. I do not believe that he is capable of defending himself against the Democratic onslaught that is going to attack him when he announces that he will run. I think this is the first time that I'll ever have to, that I've ever disagreed with you. I I think that DeSantis and Trump are likable in their own ways. And if DeSantis does get the nod, I don't think they're going to do much to hurt him because he's. They've already done it. He's He's an electable person, politician. He's able to. 
um, uh, get people to like him. And he doesn't throw out a bunch of names and things like that. But Trump has already begun to attack DeSantis, and that is the last thing that we need in the Republican Party. Exactly. That's, that's a home run. That was my next point, is that this is what, you know, I like Donald Trump. I thought he was a very good president. I didn't like the things he said. I, Bill, to your point, could he have been more presidential once he got to that point? Absolutely. I like DeSantis. I think he's a great guy. I don't think he's actually a great orator. Um, I don't think he, he could, he's, he needs to work He's a on fighter. It. But he is a fighter. He's done great things in Florida. He does fight back against these liberals. He does go back against the press and the media, and I love that about him. Um, I think, uh, Jim, your point is absolutely correct. The, the press will come after him even harder than they already are. Uh, but the reality is they come after every Republican like that. And whoever the nominee is, that's what they're going to do. My concern is that are there enough people on our side, on the Republican side, that are starting to say, love Trump don't want to lose again. The country's more important than, wouldn't it be great to shove it in everybody's face and have Trump come back? Wouldn't that? Wouldn't you love to hear that on, on the night? Donald Trump re-elected president? You would love that. And how many people would lose their minds uh, if that happened, right? Is that more important than winning so that we can have um, a Republican, a conservative administration that will solve these problems? that will work on immigration and shut the border, that will keep the country safe, that will be wide awake watching what's going on, helping our economy to move forward. Um, gentlemen, what's on, our, on my pages of outrages here? There's 17 more things we didn't even get to, uh, but that just tells me we have to do, a, do another episode very, very soon. So I want to thank you, uh, uh, Jimmy the Chin, formerly known as Claude Delecto, formerly known as Jim the Contrarian. So we have a lot of nicknames here. Uh, Jack Stiletto Delecto, and uh, what's, what's Jack? Jack, uh, what, you could say it out loud. Go ahead. The Jack, Jack he likes to be Jack the Stiletto Delecto. The, the long heels or red red shoes? Is that the? We're in the basement. But we're and not in our underwear. Our man of faith, Bill Dallas. I actually prefer man of faith over geriatric Delecto, but we just thought that was funny because we teased Bill about uh, being 87 years old and, uh, and, and getting uh, around. What? <laughs> we'll figure this out next time, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. And remember uh, what we say all the time here on Chasing Justice. Be a part of the solution, not the problem. Go have conversations. Talk to people about things. Let's see if we can figure things out. We'll catch you next time on Chasing Justice.